somebody and say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Today we are going to continue in our series teaching on the doctrine of salvation. And um, last week we began looking at how our state was before we got born again. We exposed how our state before getting born again was very horrible. Such that we needed a savior. We needed the Lord to come to our aid. And one of the reasons we are going deep into this subject matter is so that we can appreciate salvation to a a serious depth. And when we're talking about salvation, we did bring it out that we're going to talk about the provider of salvation, who is the Savior. Then we're going to talk about the work of salvation. And then we're going to talk about the recipient of salvation. And so today we're going to dive right into the second part of our teaching that shows us the work of salvation. And just for you to appreciate the work of salvation, I'll come back to some of the things that I highlighted last week to help you recall and even just have it to your attention. After man had fallen, we do acknowledge that God described the fallen state of man as death. God gave a description of the fallen state of man and he gave that description as death. It simply means every man that was not saved was described as dead. Even though alive in the flesh, he was a dead man walking. The Apostle Paul and a few revelators from Scripture show what death looks like. It is a compound position or compound state which caused men, number one, to be hopeless. Number two, remember last scripture, to be foolish. Number three, to be in sin. 
Number four, to be blind. Number five, to be cursed. Number six, to be fallen. Number seven, as in the list can go on and on. And this was our position before the Lord Jesus Christ came. And in Romans 5, verse 6, from the Amplified Translation, the Bible exposed to us that we were literally powerless to help ourselves. The Bible says, while we were yet in weakness, are you seeing, it's now giving another description of what we were, weakness. It says, powerless to help ourselves. We were so powerless to help ourselves that we didn't even know we needed help. And the Bible shows us that at the fitting time, at the right time, Christ died for and in behalf of the ungodly. It simply means Christ showed up for this particular cause. When Jesus came on the face of the earth, we do appreciate how quite a number of people who were led by God knew this was the agenda that Jesus came from, for. Rather. And in fact, while he was on this earth, by the time he was 12 years old, he knew what he came for. 12 years old, he began saying statements like, I'm about my father's business. Then later, when he transitioned into ministry, he began to tell the people that, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going. I'm going to die for mankind. But later on, I'll be raised back to life. Or rather, I'll come back to life. By the time... Jesus was approaching towards the end or rather even just towards dying for us on the cross. A sect of people known as the chief priests, known as the Pharisees, began to brew serious hatred over the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in John chapter number 11 and verse 45, we see a priest or a man by the name of Caiaphas who made a statement that I would like you to observe. The Bible says that many of the Jews who came to Mary had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus had, had did believed in him. Next verse. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and taught them the things Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Jesus was healing the sick. He was preaching the kingdom. Nothing bad, nothing evil. Next verse. 
And the Bible says, then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. They decided to meet together to have a meeting over good works that they did not like. Next verse. And because they knew they were a religious sect, they knew they had capacity to trample on anyone that comes with a religious ideology. And so the Bible says if we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. What's the problem? <laughs> And the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. Next verse. And one of them, Caiaphas, being a high priest that year, this was even a high priest, said to them, you know nothing at all. Uh Uh-huh. Nor do you consider, listen to this, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. They are having a meeting to fight Jesus. While they are in a meeting, one of them speaks and starts prophesying. Now, their agenda in this, in this meeting is that they need to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to stop him. So this guy comes and says, guys, let me tell you. It's better. Because their, their argument is that they were going to lose their nation. And lose quite a number of things. So they said, ah, it's better. This guy says, it is expedient for us that one man should die. For the people. And not the whole nation should perish. Not even. uh, My goodness. Next verse. Now this. He did not say. On his own authority. But being high priest that year. He prophesied. That Jesus. Would die. For the nation. I would like to be used by God this way, but knowingly. <laughs> Otherwise, it will not make me different from Balaam's donkey. Now the problem is that this guy is a high priest and is used by God unknowingly. It's a, it's, it's a very dangerous place. Not really dangerous. It's scary. To be used by whom you don't know. This is just a sign you can be used by who you don't know. Now imagine if you are used by the other kingdom and you don't know. Hallelujah. So this man prophesied. And next verse. And not only for the nation only, 
but also that he would gather together in one of uh, in one the children of God who were scattered abroad then now after he said this look at what the next verse says then from that day on they plotted to put him to death so for them it was an agenda to get rid of Jesus but in the realm of the spirit it was an agenda to die for humanity so they gathered together to fight the Lord Jesus and they did everything necessary to the extent that they penetrated Jesus' system got one of the people gave him money name is Judas but I want you to understand something I want you to understand that even though they went to Judas and offered him money before they did that the Bible says Satan entered Judas it simply means this time these guys were used by something else or were now working with something else but they didn't know for them they believed this is our agenda no they were trying to push an agenda for satan which satan did not know was working for the people of god glory to god and so jesus comes here on earth and he comes for a specific reason and while he comes here on earth we see him come to die on the cross of Calvary. Remember in our opening scripture we did say that man was powerless to die for himself. Man was powerless to bring a solution for himself. Now you may want to ask this because sometimes I know it's easy for you to begin to think like ah okay did Jesus really have to come even me I could have died for people they should have just chosen me that way you need to understand why you were powerless first of all number one you were powerless because you already did so how will you die for someone you already did amen and amen yeah how will you die for someone you already did number two in acts 4 verse 12 the bible tells us there was no alternative or no other way for salvation give it to me in amplified it says and there is no salvation in and through no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved no other name That word name is onoma. It means two things. Number one, it means name. And number two, it means authority. So it doesn't matter if you just have the name Jesus. But if you don't have the authority of Jesus, you can't do it. Hallelujah. So there was no other. There was, there was no other way. 
No man here on earth, no one would provide salvation. We were powerless. Not the most handsome, not the most beautiful, not the most that was considered righteous here on earth. Not even people who lived a righteous life like Daniel could carry such a great work and labor. I want to see I want to show you why you are powerless. Another reason and another way to just see that we were powerless is that number one, or rather, uh, this is now going to number three. Why we were powerless is that we could not provide and we could not be a perfect sacrifice. When you study the Pentateuch, uh, maybe in particular Exodus, you observe that in the law of sacrifices, the sacrifice that was meant to be provided, whether it is an animal or whatsoever, was meant to be perfect. Did you know that if you bring sheep, a goat, or any other animal that has a defect, it would not suffice to be a sacrifice. It wouldn't. That animal had to be perfect. That animal needed to have no defect. But the problem is that even though the animal was perfect, the animal was not the perfect sacrifice. In what context? In the context that the animal's blood did not have sufficient potency to blot out our transgressions. It was just a temporal substitute. Amen and amen. It was just a temporal substitute. How, how, how can, honestly, an animal redeem a man? Even just in the level of functionality, man was higher. So how can a lower class redeem a higher class? was insufficient. So you needed somebody to come as man, but that man needed to be perfect. So that he can die for your kind. Or for our kind. So we were seriously powerless in that regard. Thereafter, we now see the works of Jesus being in expression. What are the works of salvation? Or how can we describe the works of salvation? Number one, salvation is the work of God and not by our merits. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. It was not by by our merits. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Do you see that? It's showing us that even your own righteousness did not compel salvation. Did not affect salvation in any way. 
No, I'm going to be good. Nah. <laughs> it would not move or even affect the work of salvation. And the Bible says, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Yes. You needed a higher level of involvement to have you redeemed. Not your soul, body, and spirit. That one was, was a low level of, 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 of the Trinity. You needed the Father, Son, and Spirit. And that's why in Ephesians chapter number 8, it gives us a picture of where we stand with regards to salvation. This is, these are scriptures you should uh, love and appreciate. In Ephesians chapter number eight, uh, 2, verse 8, it actually tells us that by grace we have been saved. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Hello? Ask your neighbor, are you following? Yeah. I want to help you understand the work of salvation. But for you to understand the work of salvation, you first need to understand your state before the salvation. You need to understand how powerless you were. And you need to understand how you did nothing. <laughs> so that <laughs> you don't claim how you are saved. Easy. Pet karebom kala saved. Tanzari good. I've never gone to a nightclub. Dead still more. I've never drunk. Dead still more. I've never fornicated. You are still dead. So, what you did not do and what you did did not affect what Jesus did. Whether you did or did not do, we were all dead. <laughs> Whether you call it dead thief or dead no, dead no thief, whichever, we were dead. Amen and amen. Your righteousness were filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. Filthy rags. There's a, there a time I used to like I used to like Boston in that regard. And someone would say, When were you born again? And I would say, I was born born again. Are you sure? Hey, in a nabadwa mnyumba mwabusa. Raised in the way of the Lord. And I started ticking my CVs. This I've never done. That I've never done. Added them. Cha, cha, cha. Then the Holy Spirit finished the equation. Equals to filthy righteousness. Or filthy rags. That's it. It is well. I understand, Father. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, the work of salvation was the work of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It was his efforts, his labor, not yours. Now, what was his labor in this? Number one, 
Or what was his, his labor? He, his labor was him being a substitute for us. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. He was a substitute for us. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. Now, while he was a substitute for us, I want you to see the things he did as our substitute. Number one, he suffered. very emotional for Christ also suffered once for sins listen it's not like no he came in the power in the power of uh, of God and so whatsoever punishment that he had it was easy. No. In fact, before get back, give me Philippians chapter two. Which 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 translation should I give it? Give it give it to me in amplified two verse one. I want to show you the way Jesus came. Yeah, next verse. where he he came down from heaven. He laid aside his godliness. Should be a little bit down. You can find it for me. Meanwhile, while you're looking at it, just get back to First uh, Peter 3 and this 18. Verse 6. Okay, go to verse 6. Now, to verse 6. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6. That's why we needed salvation. Now, to chapter 2. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, eh? he's merciful. Now listen to this. This is how Jesus came. Although, who, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God. <laughs> did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. Uh Next verse. But he stripped himself of all the privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. It says he laid aside his godliness, put away his robe of divinity, 
and came like a slave. That's why he suffered. He didn't come in the fullness of God. For you. Listen, ask your neighbor. For me. Say for me. Would you lay aside your royalty? Answer them with all honesty. Sorry. Unfortunately. <laughs> for me, I tell my wife, I'm willing. But Jesus did it for us. So, uh, <laughs> so let's, let's ask another question. <laughs> yes. Jesus laid aside all his attributes that made him God. He put it down. And let me come as a slave to come and die for them. And that's why in First Peter chapter number 3, verse 18, the Bible says he suffered an avodika. Because he was just a mere human being. A slave. For Christ the Messiah died for our sins once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. The just for the unjust. The innocent for the guilty. That he might bring us to God in his human body. He was put to death and he was made alive in the spirit. Ah, Jesus suffered. Do you know why he suffered? It's because of the first point I gave you. He was our substitute. It simply means what Jesus went through was supposed to be our ultimate salary. For the wages of sin is... That's why he died. That's why he died. Because for you, because of fallen man you introduced yourself to a realm of death so do you know what was going to happen what was going to happen is that spiritual death you were going to we were supposed to experience all the kinds of death in the realm of death <laughs> spiritual death separate because death is a separator spiritual death separated from god Physical death separated from the body. The second death eternally separated from God. All the three levels of death we were supposed to go into them. We started with spiritual death. We were supposed to then go into physical death. Then the last one, the second death, where hell is thrown into the lake of fire. That one is death but you feel it. I feel death. <laughs> That's the one. It's painful. And the only problem with that last level of death is that it doesn't function in the realm of time. It is in the realm of eternity. Meaning it has got no time frame. Hey. Forever. Have you ever thought of thinking of forever, forever, forever? Have you ever tried thinking of that? What happens to you? You become dizzy. 
Do you know why you become dizzy? It's because it's a functionality of the realm of eternity. But your thinking is not in that realm. So by the time you just start thinking, 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 hmm, forever, forever, forever. Yeah. You can't grasp it because your thinking is also in the realm of time right now. That's why sometimes people even feel bad that if they go to heaven, they'll be saying, ah, in heaven forever, sure. Why? You, have, you are thinking <laughs> in the realm of time. Then you check the time in the 215 years. Hey, you check the time. What's the time? Oh, 2 billion 45 guys. It's because you are reasoning in the realm of time. That changes, stops, and can be altered. Now, Jesus suffered for our sake. Coming to the cross, even just before he came to the cross, we see how he was abused in all levels, emotionally first level where your own does you a Judas that's emotional abuse your own betrays you and when he's betraying you he's betraying you with a kiss or a hug ha it hurts he went through that while he was going and taken, or rather arrested, they took him to court. For what? What did he do? Even Pilate failed. Say, what has the man died, or rather done? What has he done to you people? No, we just don't like him. Is there anyone else that entered prison like that? No. Is there anyone else that was sentenced like that because they don't like you? And the Bible actually tells us they liked suddenly they liked a criminal by the name of Barabbas. They said release Barabbas crucify Jesus. Do you know what Barabbas did? Barabbas was a rebel. Not only was he a rebel, he was a murderer. I've, I've noticed how people on social media express displeasure over murderers, rapists, and other things. Others say, no, kill him. He's killed people, saw him, kill him. But how did they, who did Jesus kill while he was on earth? He didn't kill anyone. But then they said, Barabbas, this is a problem. 
I remember last time I did explain about Barabbas. And I said Barabbas means the son of God. Ba is son. Abba is father. So when you say Barabbas is the son of God. So they chose. They chose their fallen nature. Again. They chose to be a son of that same fallen nature. A rebel. A murderer. And they rejected the son of God. And Jesus suffered there. The Bible says he was beaten. The Bible says he was stripped. Jesus being, he already stripped the attributes that make him God, God. Then in his slavery, you strip him from his clothes. Ah. They put a crown of thorns over his head. They began to make fun of his officers, of his officers in expression. One moment, Somebody slaps him and they say, Prophesy, who hit you? Ha! In another moment where he calls himself the river of living water, they decide to give him vinegar to mock him. What form of suffering is that? And he is suffering for the same people who are beating him, the same people who are rebuking him. On another moment, he says, they, they said to him, aren't you the king of the Jews? Save yourself. What a mock. Yet Jesus is on the cross. And he says, I can do it, but I'm doing it for you. I can easily, I can because I have a plan for you. Amen and amen. He's, listen, the suffering of Jesus was so brutal that the elements of the earth couldn't bear it. The sun couldn't watch. Even Zuva couldn't watch. It just went dark. They started, earthquakes started taking place. The ground says, "Mm -mm, this is our master. Earthquakes started taking place. Then, while he's on the cross, one of the, he's with the two criminals, and one of them starts saying, ah, save yourself. <laughs> one of the criminals began to mock Jesus. Ah, the man suffered. He was given whips. Like, his suffering was so intense that he needed someone 
to help him carry the cross. The Bible says they 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 called a man by the name of Simon from Cyrene. And I love the way scholars like to bring it out. Because he was an African man, they say that's how we are very helping as Africans. And I agreed with him. I mean, it is well. Yeah. Carried Jesus' cross. And Jesus was nailed to it. No. Just imagine you experiencing the suffering of Jesus. Some of you, on Judas' level, you just say, Nipaye nichape. Just on being betrayed. Just on that. Eh? When we get to the whips, ah, <laughs> you can fall dead like a goat. Like, oh my goodness. Eh? But he bore it. He needed to complete it. Listen. Judgment has, must always be complete. Judgment must always be complete. And Jesus was that sacrifice that suffered for our sake. He died a criminal's death, yet he was not one. The criminals are the ones who are watching him. Number two. We are understanding the work of salvation. The cross was a place of exchange. The cross was a place of exchange. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, we see what came upon Jesus that was meant for us or that which we had. Jesus was exchanging. The one I usually call is Uko. Come. You're avoiding me today. Now listen to this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So one of the reasons he died on the cross is so that he becomes a curse. Now, when I say the cross was a place of exchange, what I'm trying to show you is that what Jesus initially walked into is what he wanted you to walk into. So he stood in your place so that you stand in his place. And here the Bible is showing us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What does that mean? It simply means he became 
a curse. He took away what was of us and gave to us that which he had. So there was exchange. Wow. So he's there on the cross. He says, it's okay, I'm going to become a curse. Because I need you to be a blessing. I need you to walk in the blessing. I need you to walk in it. So he became a serious curse while he's on the cross. And then, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 21, we see another exchange. We see another exchange. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. Get, 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 give me back in NKJV. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Are you seeing that exchange? So, but Jesus became sin for us that you become the righteousness of God. Wow. Do you know what righteousness means? It means right standing. It means the, the one who is accepted. And what is Jesus doing? He is on the cross exchanging for you and me. Now, imagine if the cross is a place of exchange and you die on the cross. Then what will you exchange? It simply means if you had died for someone on the cross, let me show you what you would be exchanging. Me, a sinner, become sin and die. I will exchange sin to you as you bring me back sin. <laughs> you see why you are hopeless? I will exchange curse for you and you give me back curse. Cross breeding. Yeah. We needed Jesus because he had something to offer and give to us. If he becomes a curse, he should give you something. He was, if, he, if he becomes sin, he should give you something. He was the righteousness of God. And provided righteousness for you. Why? Because you had sin. It's a place of exchange. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4. I'll show you another one. Isaiah 
Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4. And the Bible says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Are you seeing that? Carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. Uh, give it to me in Amplified. Or NLT. I don't think NLT is there. Or Amplified. Surely he has borne our griefs, weaknesses and distress, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. So it's showing us how we just consider Jesus. That we are punished. Yet we are not seeing that Jesus was taking our sorrows. That way uh, uh, it, it was taking our pains, our griefs. Next verse. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. This is suffering that we are seeing here. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him. We are healed and made whole. Listen. Perhaps there is something you need me to explain as I'm talking about the place of exchange. If Jesus becomes sin, what do we do? We become. Notice, it doesn't say we will become. Hello? It says we become because there's an exchange. There's an exchange. If I give you this, I will not be saying, Uzakankala, Uzakankala. No, you have it. Maybe you're not getting this. Let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. It says, He was broken that we become what? Whole. Now, have you seen this? This guy is Isaiah. He's seen a, he's, he's seen a vision or whatsoever, but it's like he's seen it in real time. And he says, by his stripes, we will be. We will be. He says, we are healed. (laughs) Listen, it simply means, if this is healing, or your health, and it does this. If Jesus took your sickness, then there has been an exchange. Then there has been an exchange. So for you, if you have a manifestation of what I bore, a manifestation is not a revelation of you. The revelation of you is that you are healed. Ah. That's why when we're talking about righteousness, even if you express a manifestation of what Jesus bore on the cross, we can't call you sinner. 
you are the righteousness of God. You manifested something, but your revelation is that you are the righteousness of God. You may manifest sickness, but your manifest but your revelation is that you are healed. I am healed. <laughs> you can manifest a heartbreak. <laughs> Sorry for that one. But your revelation is that you are made whole. You know the song, He was pierced for our rebellion. My goodness. You see the importance of learning how to play the keyboard. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, beaten so we be made whole. He is the promise of the Father, sent to heal lives, and now we know that we are made whole. We are made whole. We are made whole. We are made whole. Oh, 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 we are made whole. We are made whole. We are made whole. Why don't we give a hand to the Lord Jesus Christ? Wow. looking good. That's what he did. The Bible also tells us that he became poor. Find me that. That he became poor for our sake. It's a place of exchange. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. So that we can become like him. So if you actually see, the coming of Jesus was really him trying to show you that, look, me, I want you to stand in my place. It was never a punishment. There's someone who once said, no, how can God kill his son? He's so cruel. He said, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know. That's why our previous scripture was showing us that we perceived it as God afflicting him. Yet, he was bearing it for our sake. He was. For you know the, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, <laughs> Yet for your sakes he became poor that through his poverty it's exchange, it's exchange, it's exchange, it's exchange, it's exchange. And these are what the works of salvation show us. So at the end of the day, 
if you want to understand the works of salvation have a revelation of who Jesus is right now if you say Jesus is holy he died so that you become holy if you say Jesus is righteous he died that you may become righteous can Jesus get sick if you say he cannot he died so that you cannot If you say Jesus is great he died so that you become great you need to have a revelation of Jesus to understand the works of salvation because on the cross was a place of exchange everything you bore everything that defined you Jesus took it upon himself and when he took it upon himself hmm he bore it and gave to you what you are meant to be colossians 2 verse 14 so that i i kokomela my point wifi the bible says having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he was and has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross i want you to see this your punishments and everything that you were meant to get jesus took it but guess what when he took it the bible says all those things were nailed to the cross in short yanzo manzo kokomela i'm going to make sure these these are not because they are not yours because sickness is not yours ko 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 it's going straight into the cross nailed i'm emphasizing sickness does not belong to you It's nailed. I'm emphasizing pain does not belong to you. It's nailed. It's nailed. It's nailed. And it, do you know what it means? It says it's going to remain there. Amen and amen. It's going to remain there. Ah. But it's not it's not just going to remain there. That's why the fine the final th- the, f- the the next thing we need to see Jesus do is die so that everything else that came upon him dies as well yes so that everything that came upon him dies as well it also has to die because if he remains alive the, your sickness will be alive So what do you do when you see a manifestation that is different from your revelation? Say so you were taken away 2000 years ago. You are gone. You are gone. You are a symptom, not a proof. Yes. A symptom. You agree with me not all symptoms are true. Huh? They are just lying vanities. as Jesus did for you among many other things the bible tells us in Matthew, Matthew chapter number 11 this the uh verse 28 it tells us come to me all those 
who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. He says, next verse. It, he shows the exchange. Take my yoke upon me, or rather upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He's exchanging. The Bible says, cast your burdens on me. Why? The cross was a place of exchange. He took our place. Number three. In in the work of salvation, Jesus worked or labored to save us so that we can be reconciled back to God. So that we can re- we can be reconciled back to God. In short, so that we can have access. Remember that our original walk with God is that we walked with Him in the garden. That was via Adam. We walked with Him in fellowship in the garden. We would relate with him. Listen, Adam could even hear the sound of God walking. By the time, by the time man fell, hmm, having an interaction with God was very dangerous because our iniquity brought us far from God and if we would be brought close to God in our iniquity, it was very, very possible that man could die. Ah, very, very possible. If God was just going to appear, wah, ha, would melt away because of our iniquity. The Bible actually shows us that when Jesus died, something very peculiar happened. In fact, for God to have interaction with us. The Bible actually tells us in Exodus that there was a tabernacle that was created. And in this tabernacle, it was designed by God a certain way. This tabernacle had what was known as the outer court. This tabernacle had what was known as the inner court. It had a place that was uh, described as the holy place. And then after the holy place, there was what was known as the holies of holies. Maybe just make this become like a veil. Like a veil. Like fully. Yeah. Now, imagine where I am right now is described as the holy place. And then this side it is described as the holy of holies. Now, this side where the holies of holies was there was a separation with a veil. Alright? And this is where there was a manifestation of God's presence. Only the priests could move around. Only the priests. But listen, you need to understand, even for the priests to move around, they needed clothing. They needed an attire that God consecrated. If a priest enters any of the places without an attire, 
is dangerous is dangerous because that 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 attire was consecrated if imoy if a dressing can be consecrated a dress code that's one of the reasons you see when um who is this guy Aaron and uh, the sister Miriam are talking about Moses both of them are talking about Moses's marriage not to keep quiet about people's relationships they're talking about they're talking about Moses's marriage god goes to nena kuri Moses my guys are wakukamba i'm telling you god goes to nena says wakukamba say na ti unakuwa tirashani shani ah eh? you know I, <laughs> moses is like ah it, it is well god is not well <laughs> they can't be talking about you it's not so chabe no problem i'll hit and god strike and god <laughs> god passed judgment and you know what happened miriam was a prophetess unfortunately miriam received leprosy Aaron the high priest nothing came upon him you know what saved him his garment if he didn't have it that's why even for him to die god told him he was chosen to vula vula that's how Aaron died god told moses go and tell Aaron to remove his garment it's time for him to die arebas kreheskideshada now if What about now the priestly garments that we wear? What about now the garment of righteousness that God has placed on us? It simply means because of the works of salvation you shouldn't suffer the way you used to suffer without the garment of righteousness. You shouldn't. There are certain things that should not affect you. Leprosy was symbolic of sin. When you wear the garment of righteousness, there's a certain way sin should not have dominion over you. But do you know why it has dominion over you? No revelation. You don't know what you're putting on. You are putting actually many of you put on the garment of man. How do we know you are putting on the garment of fallen man? It's because you said to yourself, ndine muntu chape. Yeah. So that's the one you're putting on. What? Ndine muntu chabe. Jesus says, "Do you not know that you are God? But you die like mere man. Why do you die like mere man? Is because you've put on the garment of mere man." Glory to God. Now Jesus is on the cross and the Bible tells us in Matthew 27 and verse 51. Giant nankan. Olema. <laughs> Matthew 27 and verse 51. Ah. Listen. Now, I said this veil separated the holy place and the holy of holies. In fact, the holy of holies the only one who could enter the holy of holies needed to be a high priest, not even a normal priest. A high priest In fact even though you are a high priest you only enter once a year once for that sacrifice for everyone 
And if the priest had issues and enters, that's why they used to tie the priest with a rope and bells. So that when he's walking, when you hear silence, when you hear there are no bells, don't even shout, otherwise now a voice is ahead. When you hear, okay, two hours, you can tell you that if two hours in a boilery, just start pulling, pulling the rope, and then you bury the priest. So, being a high priest is not a job people wanted. Now the Lord has chosen you as a high priest. No, thank you. It is well. I love my family. <laughs> yes. It's because of the holiness of God. It's not because God was a killer. The holiness of God was too much that sin cannot be in the same circumference with the holiness of God. It will dispel you, cut you into half. Man- the holiness of God. So you couldn't enter. Now, you now understand that the cross was a place of exchange. So it simply means something was happening. Jesus, who could enter, took took your place of you who couldn't enter. No wonder he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was That was your place. And the Bible says, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top, because the, 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 the help came from top. It came from above. From top to bottom, Jesus' work penetrated from heaven, came right down to earth. And the veil was removed. You know why the veil was removed? It was now a declaration that all of you can now enter. (laughs) My goodness. We can now enter back into the presence of God. That's why now you don't need a high priest to go and pray for you. If you sin and say, Pastor, I've sinned, I'll go and pray. (laughs) Go and pray. Go and tell the Lord. Uh, you will not be confessing and saying this, this, that, or you want that. Now you can wake up any time. Hmm? You can wake up any time. And you don't have to, it's not that you are now, for you, it's not that you are now non-canning. You have to enter the presence of God all the time. That's where you are now. Now you can fulfill the revelation of he that dwells in the secret place. That's where you stay shall abide under the shadow of the Most High. Razu Vagadesh. So you are there now. The temple, the, no one now. Listen. Eh? And do you know why you are not dying? Do you know why you are not dying? It's because you have the garment of righteousness. Yes. How is it that, look, you can sin, let's say, how is it that someone, yes, maybe you can be a believer and you fall short, you've sinned, then you go to God. If, if really your, that sin made you a sinner, you should die when you go to God. You should die. 
But you go with that thought. But when you go with that thought, you are coming as a righteous person. When we go to the recipient of salvation, I'll show you some of the things that you should be working in. So you go before God and it's, wow, amazing. And you tell the Lord, no, Lord, I did this. I'm faithful and just. It is well. And he empowers you. Yes. And he empowers you. It gives us access. Reconciled. I thank God. We thank Jesus for that. Uh, let me show you one of the... First uh, Peter 3 verse 18. I want to show you something that the scholars find very interesting. Ah, Jesus was so serious about our salvation. He was very serious. The Bible says, Christ also suffered once for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring to us being put to death in flesh and being made alive by spirit. Next verse. Look at, look at this. It says, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Who went to preach? What did he go do? He went to preach to the spirits in prison. Which which prison? It's up to you to decide whether it's hell or what. We, we just know it's prison. Now listen. What, what, what is the preaching? What is happening? Next verse. Who formerly... These are the spirits who he was preaching to. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. Jesus felt it and says, eight souls are not enough. All those, when Noah was preaching, they didn't listen. After I die here, I'm going to preach to them. A lot happened in three days. A lot. No wonder I understood. I said, but Mulungu, why did it have to take three days instead of three hours? He had work. This preaching here, when he appeared, afterwards he appears, okay? Afterwards he appears. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, um, the Bible tells us that he meets Mary and the other lady. Alright? And they want to touch him and he's like, no, 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 don't touch me yet. He says, I want to ascend to the Father first. And then ascend to your Father as well. He says, don't touch me. Meaning he was also doing priestly work. He was a preacher, a sacrifice, a priest. He was doing so much. Praise be to God. And when he did that, he stood in our place. And we have access. Ah, somebody say, I have access. Somebody say, I have access. Number four. He came to give us life. John 10 verse 10. John 10 verse 10. I believe 
I can call someone and they are able to even narrate this one. NKJV. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that ye may have life. And that they may have it even more abundantly. The Bible is saying Jesus came that you should have life. Why isn't he coming so that you should have guns, security, and other things? Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's saying, but I have come that you may have life. That word life is, is, is zoe. It means the God kind of life. I have come that you may have the very nature of God. That's what it means. So in the work of salvation, Jesus labored that we have the very life that he had. We have eternal life. We have a glorious life. One day I will teach more in depth on the life of God. But you need to understand that if you have the life of God, ah, you are different. Have you noticed when Adam was naming animals and doing other things, have you noticed the guy was strange? Okay, have you noticed Adam before the fall? Like that guy was a superhero. <laughs> I'm telling you. Not that Marvel or funny thing. But like he was a serious superhero in the sense that he would go to animals, give them names. Listen, the guy will come from sleep and recognize his wife from sleep that he's never met. Eh? Some of you. And the, by the way, he went into a deep sleep. We've had moments where that's the problem when you miss midnight. Your friend was doing midnight prayers. You, you slept deep. Then afterwards, they were done and came to the room to sleep. And then you saw them. Now it's like when you saw them, your mind did not process properly. You saw as if they are a demon. Blood of Jesus! You know, and you begin to pray against your own sibling. I know some of those things have happened to some of you. Maybe you are sleeping with someone. Or from deep sleep. That Those things happen from deep sleep. Now a man like Adam is able to, from deep sleep, is able to say, Hey, hey baby. You know? He was, he was superhuman. After he fell, I was sure. After he fell, what he did, number one, he began to sow figs. Number two, he began to say things unto God which were not making sense. No, I hid because of this, this and that. And after God, after God just cursed him, the guy stopped talking. Like we don't see Adam, Kugamba, Manje, he's just now bearing children. <laughs> He stopped God talking now. Huh? Yes. So what Zoe does is that it makes you take up the life of God. 
the very life of God. Even though he was alive, there are two types. You can, you can, if you want to understand, there are two kinds of life. There is human life, which is called bios, and there is zoe, which is the God kind of life. So Adam had both bios and zoe, but when he died, he lost zoe and remained with bios. That's why bios was making him behave like that. In the same way, when you, when Jesus came back to you, he understood you have bios, but he needed to give you zoe, the life of God. Amen and amen. And that's what we receive. Somebody say, I have the life of God. Number five. There are many others, but I'll end on number five. Number five. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. First John three eight. And forever you will reign. You are all glorious. Alright, let me be, not be carried away. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So he didn't just come for you. He came to deal with the one who was manipulating you. He came to deal with the one who was fighting you. He came to deal with the one who scammed you. He says, oh, no problem, I'll redeem you. I'll do everything. But like animal dealing guys. I've also got... He says, the son of man... It's very interesting that he would... One day Jesus would say, the son of man comes to seek and save that which was lost. The son of man came not to be saved, but to serve. All right? Then now this time we're seeing the Bible says, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It simply means he came with an agenda. He came with an agenda. For you, it was for gentleness, gentleness. When it comes to Satan, he didn't, there it was not gentleness. Colossians 2 verse 15. It says, having disarmed. Come on, guys. <laughs> Do you know what to disarm is? Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever seen people who disarm bombs? They know what, they know what cable to cut. They know it's the red one or is it the blue one? What's it? But they know. All they know is they know. They disarm. And the Bible says, having disarmed principalities and powers. Then the Bible says, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Hmm. It simply means he was not just, he just didn't want to disarm. He also had to make a public spectacle. Do you know what a public spectacle is? What would happen in the Old Testament is that when, a, when nations would fight, kings would have to be present when the nations are fighting. Whichever nation 
loses, the king will not be killed but will be captured and will be taken back to the victorious nation and they will parade him and he will start walking and he will be shamed. Oh, Alusa! Oh, Alusa! Oh, that's how it was. They would make public spectacles. That's the same thing Jesus did. The Bible says he disarmed him. Disarmed all principalities and powers. Triumphing. And this is, he made a public spectacle. Walk, walk, walk as a loser. Walk as a loser. Uyo a loser. A loser. Namenya. Eh, eh. Ndionapoka Adam. Tie, tie, tie. They made a public spectacle over that ship. Yes. Triumphing, him, triumphing on the cross. That's verse 16. What does verse 16 say? Yeah. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Usually, if you want to know when Jesus deals with Satan, just focus on to my chapter number 2. Yeah. Yeah. Hebrews 2. Listen. The Bible says, since therefore, it says, inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. It simply means, the same way you are flesh and blood, even Jesus came as flesh and blood. Then, he himself likewise shared the same, that through death, He might destroy him who had the power of death. If you think this is a mystery, I'll show you who the name is. The devil. (laughs) If you think it's a mystery, it's not a mystery. Clear. Jesus became flesh and blood that he may destroy. Give give give, Give me amplified. That word destroyed comes from the Greek word katagio. You see. Since therefore these children share in flesh and blood and physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature that by going through death, that by going through death he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who shabalabashanda. He says that he may make that word katagio is to bring to nothing, to make of none effect, to make useless, to become nothing. That's that that's what the word destroy means. That he may make of no effect. Now I love this, I love this. He says, He who had the power of death, not he who has. <laughs> eh? Not he who was the he who had. It means Satan had the power of death. Not he who had. He who had the power of death. That's why we sing. Death could not hold you. The veil to before you. You silence the boss of sin. 
the heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life. You have no Revelation 1 and verse 18. You can give it to me in NKJV. Jesus is already given a revelation of himself. Because in Revelation 1, he's the one who's speaking. He says, I am <laughs> who lives and I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I I have the keys of hate and death. I have them. I have them. I have the keys of hate and death. Keys are symbolic for authority. In short, he says, I have authority over hell and death. The one who has it, or rather who had it, I've dealt with him. I've dealt with him. And that's why after Jesus dealt with Satan, he never said whenever you are in trouble or whenever this same Satan comes, call to me so that I fight for you. He didn't say that. He said, with that same authority which I've given you, enforce that victory. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil. And what will he do? Why will he flee? He's already defeated. That's why you were told, fight the good fight. Why is it good? You've already won. These are the works of salvation. Bringing you to a place of advantage. Bringing you to a place of victory. Bringing you to a place of divine relevance. Bringing you to a place of where you experience what you are meant to experience. 
And one of the parables that Jesus gave just to show us the work of salvation is the parable of the lost son. The parable of the prodigal son. You will find this in Luke 15, should be verse 11. And you will notice something in the parable of the lost son. You will notice that on one occasion, the son came to the father. And when he came to the father, he says, give me inheritance. Give me what's mine. I want to use it for my own personal gain. Have you found it? And the Bible says, and the younger of them say to the father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Next verse. And, and, and I want you to see something. Go back, go back, go back. This is something I, it, it's, that's very interesting. Eh? The Bible says, the younger of them said to the father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Now look at what the Bible says. It says, so he divided. To what? To him? It says to them. So it simply means who else had an, an inheritance? The other son. But, this is what differentiated the sons. Next verse. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. He got inheritance but left the place of the father. Meanwhile, the other one remained. Hello? He journeyed to the other country and there, look at what it says, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Listen. I want you to see this. The far country is symbolic of the world. It's symbolic of the world. And it's actually showing us that in the world you can have possessions. But even if you have possessions, as long as you are living in the world and you have possessions, what you are experiencing is known as prodigal living. It's only a matter of time. Everything will deplete. You are, what, what you are experiencing is wasteful living. And this is what happened. Next verse. But when he had spent all, somebody say all, all there, all, I mean all, there arose a severe famine where in that land, not the whole region, in that land, it simply means the famine will always hit in the world. Not in the land of the Father. Not in the land of the Father. What the, what the, what the world will do is that it will embrace you when you have possessions. 
and everyone will be there for you because he didn't just waste them. When the Bible says he wasted it on prodigal living, other version says he was he was partying, he was doing this and that. It simply means people were there for him. And that's where you need to see the world. Why it's very deceptive? Because when you have possessions, the world will hug you. And you are dancing. Let's dance. So what you are experiencing there is a level of joy. But it seems like it's joy until the famine hits. Listen. Possessions cannot be sustained in the world. They can't. By the time we are done, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> then after he had spent the famine heat, now verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he said sent him into his fields to feed swines. So he now began he now became he from feeding he now started feeding pigs he was feeding from his possessions but now he started feeding pigs now my question is where were those people that used to party with him brotherhood a friend indeed a friend you need what happened what happened to his friends the ones he wasted they had their own family. <laughs> ah, because as long as you are in the world, my family one by one. So you go to that person and say, But Abroski, I thought you were there for me. Blood is thicker than water. Hey, shan, shan, saying all your things. But your young blood is not there for you. I'm telling you. Those same people you are saying, no, I go to drink with. Those are the ones who help me. Those are the ones who are there. My right or die. Yes, surely you will ride and die. Because a famine will come. And there is no sustenance in the world. Next verse. And he would gladly have his his. His field, huh? He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swines ate. Now listen, look at now. The world is also recruiting or giving him a job. But look at the job it's giving him. No, just feed the pigs. When you're done, you can also eat from the pigs. That's what he was eating. And look at this. And no one, somebody say no one. No one gave him anything. Not even ride or die. Not even bestie. Not even hafi. Not even fodi. Fodi, the fodi became the pigs. That was the fodi. Next verse. Next verse. Somebody needs to understand the world won't give you anything. Won't. It won't. It will only draw from you. 
once you the famine hits you he won't give you anything the only thing it gives you is its attention so that it can draw how shall it profit a man if he gains the reason is you are gaining the world is for its presence for you to have your soul lost but when he came to himself somebody said come to yourself ah it says come to yourself but even the coming to himself was a problem he said how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough for me to spare is the the authentic coming to himself is not to go back to his father's servants is to is rather to go back to his father how many of them have bread for for me to spare and i perish with hunger next verse i will arise and go to my father and i will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you ah uh-huh. and i am no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants he said he's going to the father to say this next verse and he arose and came to his father but when he was still a great far or a great way off Somebody say his father. Say it again say his father. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him before the son said anything. Because the plan of the son is make me a servant. I am no longer a son, make me a servant. But before the father allows his son to say such stupidness, he runs for him. and embraces him an exact expression of how the first son of god lost everything on the account of worldliness lost everything he couldn't do anything he was helpless and the bible is showing us the worst of what we can experience without jesus we dine with pigs we have no hope we become totally useless we even say to ourselves yeah maybe i can just become a servant we feel unworthy the father who had compassion ran back on his neck and kissed him next verse and the son said to him father i have sinned against the heaven and in your sight exactly what he was <laughs> i'm no longer worthy to be called your son exactly memory verse aipanga pa Now listen the father did not respond to him the father said to the servants <laughs> he should have said ah serious 
And then they are having a conversation. <laughs> but it simply means the father did not give heed to what the son said. Because what the son said had no potency to provide a solution. So what did the father do? He went towards the servants. But the father said to him, said to his servants, bring out the what? No, 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 no. Bring out the best robe. He needs a garment of righteousness. Put it on him. <laughs> and put a ring on his hand. He needs royalty. Put it on him. Put it on him. Give him a ring. Put it on his hand. Sorry, I can't put a ring on you. Young <laughs> And sandals on his feet that he may walk, stand firm, and walk in the way of the Lord. Then he says, And bring the fatted cow here and kill it, and let us be. Mary. Wow. Next verse, next verse. I want you to now see something. For this my son was what? Dead. Remember Adam? If you eat of this, you do what? But he went and went, uh, ate and died, right? But moved around. Not only was he dead, and he was what? Lost. Listen. I want you to see this. The Bible did not say he is lost and he came back. He is lost but he was found. He was found. Remember someone once said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He came and worked out. And they began to be merry. They rejoiced. So reminds me of another parable that says, Heaven begins to rejoice when a sinner repents. This was a parable Revealing the salvation plan of the Father towards His lost Son, you and me. Why don't we rise to our feet?